Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Leanne Lowe is a writer and spoken word artist. She was an editor and board member of Peril, the Asian-Australian arts and culture magazine. She performed this story in Melbourne. Home. The Chinese, my father's ancestors, sailed into the Straits of Malacca and settled into the Malay Peninsula. They prayed to Datuk Gong his altar hidden in forests and crannies, gave him offerings. They wanted to make peace with the spirits of the land. Where I now live, call home. Heavenly Queen Mazu gazes steadily over the Maribyrnong, bidding seafarers safe. Respectfully, on the lands of the Kulin nations, I acknowledge elders past and present in solidarity with all First Nations Australians whose sovereign rights, ancient wisdom, and stories were never ceded. My story is called The City. After many years of not having love, I fell in love with a person who I kept bumping into at share house gatherings and performance events. I reached a point where I really wanted a relationship, but something was always missing. One woman I had a date with was into me when I was dressed as a hot butch. But when I appeared in a dress the next day, she fled. Another date tells me that she would like to be a fashion role model for femme lesbians over 40 who she thinks only wear running shoes and tracksuits. <laughs> so, after many failed dates, I realized that this person who I'd known for a while as a friend was someone I had to ask out. After a lot of angst, a lot of soul searching in my bedroom mirror, I sent them a text. The reply was, yes, but I can't stay out too long because I have to work on my thesis. After dinner, we went to the bar across the road, but it was the emptiest queer bar on Smith Street because there was another queer night at another club. Despite all the empty space, my date, Usha, chose a corner of the dance floor in front of the wall-to-wall mirror to dance by themselves. <laughs> Feeling awkward and intimidated about the empty dance floor and dancing next to a trained dancer in front of a mirror, <laughs> I sat immobilized watching them dance. 
shifting uncomfortably in my seat, sipping my drink. Usha finally stopped, sweaty from the workout, and walked over for a drink of water. I pretended that I'd been having the time of my life, head bopping. <laughs> I wished at that point that I was still smoking. But it was easy to slip back into conversation because we were already mates. We talked about first kisses. Mine involved an elaborate setup as a filmmaking student in the basement toilets of Monash University's multi-level learning and teaching building. <laughs> Diaz was with someone who called himself Gandhi while on a holiday overseas. We laughed over how my first kiss with this woman I had a crush on was sweet, but their kiss with Gandhi, they equated to making out with a toilet plunger. <laughs> we laughed, gazed into each other's eyes. Then I asked, can I kiss you? Usha transformed from being a meek and polite to a lustful lover to be. Grabbing my hand, they rushed me downstairs to a private booth. I don't know why we couldn't kiss where we were. Maybe it was the emptiness that was daunting. We kissed minutes before the bar closed. The first time I met their mom, Padma, it was at a concert for Onam, a Kerala cultural festival held in the outer outer, outer southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, <laughs> where Usha would be performing classical Indian dance. When Usha's parents arrived, they chose to sit a few rows back from me, leaving the seats next to me empty. I was so nervous, I cried. At some point, I was handed Indian language newspapers, and despite not being able to read Malayalam, I gratefully accepted, trying so very hard to appear like I belonged. At interval, Usha popped from backstage and formally introduced their family to me. Padma was charismatic, talkative, loud. She laughed a lot. I thought it went well, but I was wrong. When Usha was over at my place, they would inevitably receive a phone call from their mom. To their mom, I signified danger, perversion, and immorality. I was never acknowledged by name. I was only referred to as the city. What time are you going to the city? When will you come home from the city? Usha joked to me that they were fucking the whole city. <laughs> what a slut. Their mom rang constantly, persistently. Padma didn't want her child hanging around danger, perversion, and immorality in the city. It was impossible not to feel the rejection. It hurt. Across my one-bedroom flat, I had two queer neighbors. Like guardian fairies, I could drop by at any time of the day for a long chat, be fed and comforted. I confided to my neighbors about my sorrow at Padma's cruel queerphobia the queerphobia stemming in part from her loss of face in the eyes of her community and family. 
My friend shared with me how his boyfriend's father closed the door quietly in his face when they met the first time. My friend didn't give up, took up Cantonese and bought his partner's parents' abundant presents. He went out all the way to win their hearts. It took him years. It took him one step forward and ten steps backwards. It took him dealing with a long-distance relationship that required a lot of planning. But it worked. His boyfriend finally moved in, and his boyfriend's parents are now his family. So I persisted. With this model of miraculous, homophobic transformation as a goalpost, I tried many different strategies. I was always polite, I was always respectful, and I was always friendly, even if I was having a shitty day. Then one day, the miracle happened. Padma changed. The change happened because of a combination of many things. Padma did her own soul searching when she became ill with breast cancer. And during her heal healing and treatment, she appreciated how much I supported Usha throughout while giving her space. She survived the cancer and she cared less about what her family or community thought. And Padma saw how much I loved Usha. One year, Usha's parents went camping and invited us to join them. It meant so much after all that time not being acknowledged, to be invited for Christmas dinner, eating turkey in a cramped caravan. When we broke up, I found out from Usha that their mom was devastated because she now considered me part of the family. Padma gave Usha a good long talk about how every relationship has hardships, but if you really, really, really love someone, you stick with them. Padma wanted answers about what went wrong, why we couldn't work it out. Usha explained that we tried, but in the end we both realized we wanted different things. Padma, in genuine exasperation, responded with, we all want different things. We are very good friends now, Usha and I, and I am still in their family. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.